Welcome to Tablets Parsha in Progress, where we talk about the Torah portion of the week and why it matters. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year, 18 Holidays, One Wandering Jew. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we're talking Torah together, not just because the Hebrew Bible is so challenging and relevant today, but because we found that this ancient text comes to life in conversation, especially between two people who practice Judaism very differently. So today, Dove, we're looking at Shmini in Leviticus. Right, which is, means eighth, the eighth day of a consecration process of the temple. And it's specifically the abrupt death of Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. And we're focusing on the theme of religious fervor, whether that's more harmful than it is admirable at the end of the day. So let's just remind everyone as to our Aaron okay. character. He's Moses's brother. We've seen him be Moses's support and his spokesman. We've seen him help the Israelites build the golden calf. Right. And, you know, he's a Kohen, a priest, which means that he and his sons are the ones that get to serve in the temple. So they're the ones that bring the sacrifices. Aaron is the one that goes into the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur. Isn't it true that a Kohen today is a descendant of Aaron? Yes. Anybody who is a Kohen is a or the male name descendant Cohen? of is that- Aaron or the sons, and they even think they found the Kohen gene, and they can figure out if you're a Kohen. That's cool. That's yeah, and you know, so this parsha, um, that the thing that precedes the story of Nadav and Avihu is that they were spending seven days consecrating the temple, consecrating Aaron and his sons to serve in the temple. So and, they were like, again, it was a coronation, kind exactly. of like I hereby dub you high priest, <laughs> and I hereby make you holy to serve as a high priest and make the temple a holy place on the eighth day. And that was seven days of doing that, and the eighth day is the culmination. They're bringing the sacrifices. It's like now the temple is open for service. Okay. And Aaron, uh, he's appearing to the people. Yeah. And and a heavenly fire comes down. It consumes the it consumes the sacrifices that Aaron brings, and the people prostrate themselves and burst out in song. And do you want to sing it? <laughs> it doesn't tell us what the words or the melody was. Okay, that's where our story begins. So I'm reading the section we're focusing on today, Leviticus 10 10. Quote, now Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, which are not names that most people remember from the Bible, Dove, right? So just that translate, Nadab means... Means gift or generous, and, and Abihu, Abihu is, he is my father. So that means Aaron. Aaron is or his father. Aaron fa- is his father, or God, or is, God his is his father. Or God is his father. Okay. So the verse continues. Each, that's each of Aaron's sons, took his fire pan, you have a fire pan, <laughs> Put fire in it and laid incense on it, and they offered before the Lord alien fire, which he, capital he, had not enjoined upon them. So let's just slow that down. What's an alien fire, Dove? Well, alien here means it's, as the verse says, something that God had not commanded. So it means God hadn't enjoined, sanctioned it, or requested it. So it's alien is like a contaminant. You know, the fire has no place in the temple to be brought to God. So it's actually interesting that the word alien or foreign is like, is the Hebrew is czar. And that's also the word used for somebody who is not a priest. Z-A-R. Right. Who's not a priest who tries to offer in the temple. So it is something that does not belong because you're breaking away from the protocol. And when it says he had not enjoined upon them, that means that Aaron is the he who no, had I not instructed his sons to light the offering that way? No, I, I think it's God. God had not commanded it. Because it's the capital he. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I'm continuing to read. 
this is uh, and f- okay, eleven of uh, verse eleven, and fire came forth from the Lord and consumed them. That's them, the sons, right? Yep. Thus they died at the instance of the Lord. Wow. So that's pretty harsh. In lighting a fire for God, Aaron's sons essentially got burned to death. Yep. By a fire from God. <laughs> yep. And it's not tough love. This is tough death. I'll say. <laughs> God doesn't even give the boys a second chance. But, but by the way, I don't think there were boys. They were okay, his sons. Okay, they're men. I think they're men. They're men. And they don't get a warning. Uh-huh. That, that no one tells them you have to light the right kind of fire pan. They're just done. It's right. summary judgment. Right. Well, that doesn't feel very godlike. <laughs> I mean, it's not in the spirit of the God we've seen before this. We, we've talked about the God who gave the Israelites another chance mm-hmm. um, after Mount Sinai when they saw he saw how stupidly and rashly they built the golden calf. He forgave them. Yeah, but maybe it's very godlike. I mean, remember, God wanted to wipe out all the people, and it was only because Moses interceded. So here the response was so automatic that there wasn't a chance for anyone to intervene. So you mean saying this is how God would have otherwise handle things was to punish right away well without discussion maybe that's what god would do but i also think it's interesting that the verse says a fire went forth from god it's almost like god didn't initiate it it was like an automatic response to what they had done like that's passive language a fire went forth he didn't bring it he didn't instigate it right it doesn't say god burned them with a fire so I've always heard, though, that this was a clear punishment, and yet it's not at all clear what the punishment is punishing. Right. I mean, what did Nadab and Abihu really do wrong? They didn't va- violate the rules knowingly. They were, they were rookies here. Right. I mean, you know, there's a lot of commands leading up, so maybe they should know, don't do anything that wasn't commanded. But it's hard to understand what was so bad with what they did. And I think the rabbis try to find... Other ways to explain their sins. Rabbis I'm, are always trying to find other ways to explain. <laughs> that should well, be put on a T-shirt. Are, the rabbis are trying to deal with difficulties in the text and fill lacuna. Anyway, they say maybe they were drunk when they offered the sacrifices, but you know, there's no evidence of that. I I think that the message here is not so much of a punishment. And it's more that saying that when you get too close to God in a way that you shouldn't be, that's dangerous. You might die as a result. Like, do you remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? Dun, where... dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right? Uh, I think I referenced That's that. your second Raiders of the Lost reference in two shows, Dove. Yeah. I think you need to see it, other movies. Uh, probably, probably. Um, but anyway, you know, when they <laughs> open up the Ark, remember the fiery angel comes out and kills everybody present and sort of... In that scene, it's not a punishment. It's like, this is dangerous. And if you don't handle it properly, this is what's going to happen. You once mentioned that Rabbi Yitz Greenberg, who is the teacher of teachers to so many um, mm-hmm. in your community, but that he has this powerful metaphor. Um, tell me, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, he says that God's presence, right, in the camp, in the temple, is this source of enormous power. So imagine you have a power plant, right? It has enough energy, enough electricity to light up an entire city. You know, but because of all that power, it has to be handled very care- carefully. So what do you do? All of around it, all around it, you put these signs: danger, high voltage. So if a person ignores the signs and doesn't act with proper care, he's going to die. He's going to get electrocuted. But nobody is punishing him. It's it's power, and it has to be treated with respect. I actually like that. I mean, I don't like that someone was electrocuted, but the <laughs> analogy is great because God's presence here is like this high voltage, and that if you kind of had a sign like authorized personnel only, which maybe the sons should have understood, it fits well with the idea that it's the priests who are authorized, and they should have known that. 
and it's only the priests who can handle the sacrifices, and they know how to light the fire pan. But it's still hard to connect this to our lives. You know, it's like the zealotry that led to 9-11 and the Crusades. So religious passion is relatively harmless if it is directed only to how one worships God. But when that spills over to how one interacts with people, then it actually can lead to death. Not death because God is punishing, but because this person with the religious passion might act in certain ways to people that don't fit his idea of what is the right or wrong way and the right and wrong belief. Or whom that person considers to be a a heretic. Exactly. We hope you'll join us next time for Parsha in Progress. I'm Abby Pogrevin. And I'm Dove Linzer. Nice to talk to you, Dove. Nice talking, Abby. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Rabbi Dove Linzer and Abigail Pogrebin. It's produced by Shira Talishkin and edited by Sophia Steiner-Evoy. The show is executive produced by Josh Cross, Jacob Siegel, and Tablet Magazine.